Welcome to the Blister Podcast, a program dedicated to interesting people, the great outdoors, and a bunch of other stuff we like. I'm Jonathan Ellsworth, the founder of Blister, and you can check out everything we're doing and reviewing over at blisterreview.com. If you are a regular listener of our Gear 30 podcast, then you already know that we have to go learn how to telemark ski and then shoot a telemark video. And then, of course, if you aren't already a regular listener of our Gear 30 podcast, seems like you may need to reevaluate your life choices, no? Anyway, we'll explain all of this a bit more in this episode, but the long and short is... I and Luke Kappa and Sam Shaheen and probably Sasha Anastas, if we can track her down, need to go learn how to telly, and we're going to record a video of the whole thing. So, step one, I figured I'd ask some of the people in our network what we need to know to avoid either killing ourselves or looking like a baby giraffe on skis. So, here in part one, we solicited the best tips and advice from the esteemed artist and renowned telemarker, Jeff McFetridge. And if you haven't already, you should definitely listen to the Blister Podcast conversation that I had with Jeff earlier this year. It's Blister Podcast episode number 116. So, we talked to Jeff, then we talked to Flylo Gear co-founder and president Dan Abrams, where Dan makes a rather shocking confession. And then we turn to Blister reviewers Paul Forward and Kristen Sinnott. The conversations here are all rather amazing in their own right, and while I actually have no idea how educational they are, I think most of you will find them to be very entertaining, but a few of you, not going to lie, you're probably going to find them kind of infuriating. But I guess we'll see. And then, this Friday, over on our Gear 30 podcast channel, we will be running the companion piece to today's episode, and we'll call that something like Crash Course Telemark Gear Part 1. So, subscribe to Gear 30 if you haven't already, and you'll get to hear us talk about some Telemark gear with the fine folks that you're going to be hearing from today, but that will be on Friday. Okay, just a couple other things before we get going here. First, we are going to be relaunching our Blister Book Club this next Monday on our Blister podcast, and our guest is going to be Chris Diamond, author of the books Ski Inc. and Ski Inc. 2020. Our focus on Monday is going to be on Chris's latest book, Ski Inc. 2020, and we will also, of course, be getting Chris's take on our present situation and what he thinks the ramifications of this COVID-19 stuff is going to be for the ski areas in North America and around the world. So if you haven't already, get a copy of Ski Inc. 2020 and hurry up and finish the book before we talk about it this coming Monday. And then for our next Blister Book Club selection, Jeff McFedridge is going to be back, and he and I will be talking about Jack Turner's book, The Abstract Wild, and that conversation should go up on May 11th, again, here on the Blister Podcast. So go get yourself a copy of The Abstract Wild by Jack Turner, and you've got a month to now read it. Okay, but enough about books for now, because now it's time to learn, I guess, basically everything we need to know about teleskiing, 
So here in part one, we'll see what sort of guidance Jeff and Dan and Paul and Kristen have to offer. Here we go. Well, Jeff McFedridge, here we are. So you've come back. <laughs> well, I have come back. And really this entire thing, I feel like is like your fault. <laughs> you've been, I planted the seed. You planted the seed. And it's grown, it's flourished <laughs> into a poisonous botanical garden of Telemark. I mean, you know, most of us are having like a pretty rough 2020. I feel like yours is just coming up <laughs> golden. I mean, it was just just early, like sometime in early January, we're talking Sam Shaheen gets the ball rolling with our, you know, predictions for the ski industry over the next decade. Sam yep. talks about the rise of Telemark. The next week I'm talking to you and at the time I didn't even realize that you are like a full-time Telemark skier. Right. And and now like now I got to go Telemark. <laughs> <laughs> you can see, yeah, it's like a it's a steady progression. So like what happens next? That's like the next thing. Like you, um, I don't know, dreadlocks. I don't know what's, <laughs> oh, no. what comes after you going telemarking for the first time. Or, um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we, ke we keep talking about it. Like, Steady progression. I, I can see the direction we're headed though. What if, what if I get on telegear and I'm just like, folks, I've seen the light. I know I'm no longer an alpine skier. I, I, does that happen? I don't know. I, this is all new territory. I don't, I don't yeah. know where this leads. Well, I think that the, I think the, the first thing is like to like, I think the most interesting thing about you is that you've only Alpine skied. This is true. So I definitely know like there are, I definitely know like snowboarders, like I have tons of, I, I ride mostly with snowboarders, I feel. And, um, they, um, they are intrigued by Telemark because they already sort of they're already sort of see a different type of turn and they're sort of like turn oriented. I, I feel like in a way that is more common, hmm. like for a snowboarder to be like, I'd like to Telemark. Okay. In this day and age. In this day and in this age. New, in this new wave, the third wave of Telemark <laughs> that we've begun that is just now a ripple out in the open ocean. So like, you are going to learn to telemark. So just the, to, to sort of think about like, will you then want to telemark again on your own? When I started to telemark, it was because I was interested in telemarking and then was like, oh, I'm going to learn this, right? Like I was a skier and a snowboarder. And then I was like, I would really like to learn this thing that I feel is going to be really difficult. So you just going and telemarking, I don't know if like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Sort of being forced to. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, who knows? We don't know. All right. Let's get in. Oh, I had one other question. Was it your birthday like yesterday? It was my birthday, April 2nd. April 2nd. Happy birthday. Thanks, dude. Happy birthday in an age of social distancing? Yeah, quarantine birthday. Quarantine birthday. Yeah, it was, it was sort of weird. It was weirder than I thought it would be. Did was it just you and your family or did... yeah just which is which the reality is it normally is but then it was like yeah 
No, it was it was a little weird. Okay. Yeah, I guess because you think about like you think about those connections and like like social social interaction <laughs> outside your family. You think about it on your birthday. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I didn't think I would notice, but. Well, happy birthday from all of us here at Blister, and uh, your birthday present from us is. I have to make a telemark ski video. The so best that's presents ever. <laughs> Just to see you telemark skiing. The other thing I was going to say is thank you for taking the time today in particular to have this conversation since you were just like wrapping up a project for the New York Times. Yes. Yeah. So you went from the Times to little old us to tell me how to telemark, which I feel like is really generous of you. Oh, that's just, yeah, it's an equal footing, equal <laughs> footing. It's my, yeah, me, it's my, uh, I'm talking to the media. The New York Times, I guess it's not New York Times. I was just doing it, doing a piece for them, but yes. And we're not totally sure when the, when, when your piece will be in the Times. Yes, but I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure now when they said Sunday, they didn't mean today. They so mean next, next Sunday. Sunday, yes. Okay, so, so everyone, everyone should be looking at this upcoming Sunday's New York Times and go find some Jeff McFedridge, though I got a little bit of a sneak peek. It doesn't really have anything to do with telemark skiing, but it's still pretty great. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it'll be seven pieces. They're going to, it's for the magazine, but it's something to do with online. It's very mysterious, but it's like, Seven pieces, so there's going to be one a day for all next week. I'm going to keep an eye out. Okay, but, you know, New York Times, yeah, yeah. Um, I You got to tell me how to telemark. Like, I <laughs> literally have no idea what to do. But, okay, but before we get there, I am going to ask you, um, again, since largely you are to thank and blame for this whole thing, People should go back and listen to the conversation that we already had, because you do go into some of this. But let me, before we get into the specific telemark tips, I want to ask you, like, what, in your opinion, it is about telemark skiing that is either cooler than alpine skiing or just isn't as much of a characteristic of alpine skiing? Well, I mean, I think, I mean, I had a friend who telemark skied. No. And so I spent some, some time like snowboarding behind him, skiing behind him and like watching him turn. And I was like, I thought it looked beautiful. Like I was like, that looks really cool. And it looked really like, uh, like it, I had interest in it. So um, there's that, like, I liked the way it looked. But then I also think like, for me, like I was, when I started to telemark, I was like, uh, in my 30s or wait yeah like 16 years ago 16 years ago and so um i was like an adult and i was like i'd been skiing my whole life and i think like learning something it, learning is always good yes. like learning to speak language learning to uh, make something out of leather learning to do anything you know like so i was interested in just learning something and uh and it, and then it's in the realm of skiing. Like they are skis. <laughs> so it's like a great way for like, I think anybody who 
is maybe you're like a really good skier or maybe you're like, for me, it was like, I had never taken ski lessons. Like I'd skied my whole life, but I'd never taken lessons. I didn't have like a lot of, like I was a good ski, like I could ski everything, but it's like, I didn't have like, when people talk about good fundamentals, you know? And so it was sort of also starting from scratch. And that I think is really good. And so it it's like this, it's this way of like, for me, it's like what I learned from Telemark is like to be super centered. It's sort of like running quietly, like with good form or being, you know, like you have to like, if you're going to land an air, like you have to be really on top of it. You know, you have to like, everything is like, if you're going to ski the bumps, if you're going to, for, oh, for me, it was like learning to ski powder. Like I, even though I'd skied my whole life, I'd spent very little time skiing powder. And for me, um, uh, learning to ski powder on Telemark was much, it was sort of like starting from scratch, but it was very intuitive. Um, but it was like all, it's just like a way of like, it's sort of like doing, it's like taking something you love, but like making it new. So it's like sort of the best of two worlds, you know, like you're still skiing, but, um, and then I think it, it does like in the backcountry there are some aspects of it that are kind of cool. Like you're sort of always in walk mode. Um, which is good and bad, but, um, um, it is sort of like moving around. It's really good. Or, you know, I did a classic thing, which is like the classic dad thing, which is like when you're, I started to tell Mark when I taught, when I was teaching my daughter to ski. So I decided like, if she was going to learn to ski as a three-year-old, I'm going to learn to tell Mark. And that I was, I was learning anyway, but it was also sort of like, okay. So, and then it's really great for like, if you have kids, cause you can like walk around and help them up and you know, like um, you can move around really well. Okay. <laughs> I love the line. You're always in walk mode. <laughs> Is that my bumper sticker? Should I have that? <laughs> Probably. I think you should trademark that. But yeah. And then, you know, the other thing about like, you know, it's like, I think getting really focused on turns is sort of like, like, you know, people who love to ski corduroy, like, it's sort of like a touch of that. Like, it's sort of like every, so in Telemark, you can, like, entertain yourself with, like, oh, I this turn and that turn. And you can vary your turn, like, every, like, every way, every turn you make, as you connect the turns, you can change it and vary it. So it's like a way of, like, it's like making something, like, sort of like taking like days, like where it's like, it's sort of mediocre conditions or it's sort of, or, you know, it's not like the best day you can be, you can like really, it's really dynamic and fun. So that's just telemarketing on its, on its own. I would say as from a skiers perspective, I think it's really, it's like a great, yeah, it's like a, it's calisthenic you know, like, <laughs> It's like, well, it's calisthenic in that it's like, uh, you're like, uh, it is like, uh, it's not calisthenic. It's like, feels like, uh, like health food, like it's nourishment. You know <laughs> oh what I mean? God. You're like, oh yeah. Like I'm like, you're like engaged. Cause I found with skiing, like oftentimes you'd be like sort of getting from point A to point B and you know what ah, I mean? Like you're like sort this. of like. Like, dude, like when I ski Alpine, I'm just like, oh, this is rad. Like, it's like you can just go, you know? And so mm. to have to be like really on top of your stuff and you know what I mean? You're never in like, you're never sure. in just like getting from here to there. mode. You're always like, even on like 
a traverse, you're sort of like, okay, like what, what's happening? And you know, like you're always like, am I going to traverse like sort of like in a telemark stance? Am I going to just stand like, you know what I mean? Like, and I rarely also, and I do ski alpine on my telemark skis, but like I rarely do, you know. Just to just to sum this up in case somebody missed this, Jeff McFetridge describing telemark skiing as health food, which would mean <laughs> that alpine skiing is junk food. <laughs> <laughs> oh, does so that was you, is that is it a binary system? Yeah, alpine? I think it is. There's <laughs> there's health food and there's junk food. There's not like I can't erase that. <laughs> no. No, no, that definitely stays. Uh, oh my God, that's amazing. All right, the the junk food of the ski world is what I do. So I appreciate- Dessert, uh, every day dessert. is dessert. It's dessert, I'm getting into the health food of skiing. This is great, this is fantastic. All right. it's, not very, it's not very tasty. <laughs> it's expensive oh and not very, doesn't taste very good. Oh my God. No, it's not, tell Mark it's not like that. All right, next question. Wow, that's unbelievable. Uh, all right, let's get into the nuts and bolts about how to eat health food. Um, I literally don't know anything. So let's do this. If I'm standing, you and I are standing. Okay, first, before we get into this, let's preface this by the fact of like, I'm an artist, not a ski instructor. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. I'm, see, see, what I'm doing here, Jeff, I wanted to like crowdsource I'm thinking of this as like crowdsourcing a crash course in telemark skiing. Yes. So yeah, I, this isn't exactly about like finding the best technical instructor right. of all time. I'm like, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I have a non PSIA or whatever right. telemark I, instruction. I have a network. How how good is my network at preparing me to go telemark ski? That's what yeah, this is absolutely. about. Okay, I'm so, I'm all for that. So let you and I, let's say we're standing at the top of either an inbounds run or at the top of some backcountry line. I don't know. You can pick. I've never made a telly turn. I've never been on telly gear. Yes. What is the number one thing you would be like wanting to advise me to do? Do it on an inbounds, like a green. Go into like a super like inbounds mellow run. And... uh I think the for me, the one thing I remember doing, which was like uh, really uh, like like the the very first thing I did, like for, very first thing you do is like on like just flat, you like you do some tele like get in like the telemark stance and you think about like you want like equal you want to think about equally weighing both skis and you're just like, you know, you're just standing, you're like running in place and you just will go and feel centered, head up, and set, and and you will drop your knee, you know, you'll do the drop knee, and you are retracting, so the ski that's dropping, you're pushing it back, and your other one, you're pushing forward, right? Does that make sense to you? So the knee you're dropping, you're not just, um, you're pushing it back as much as you're taking your other foot and pushing it forward. You know what I mean? You're not just like pushing one forward and dropping down. You're actively, when you're dropping your knee, pushing that drop knee ski backwards. Like scissor effect. Yes, exactly. Scissors. Scissors aren't like one goes up and chops down on like a paper cutter. Scissors both move. Telemark skiing, 
Telemark skiing, not a paper cutter, but kind of like scissors, like the the healthiest form of scissors. Yes, organic bamboo yeah. scissors. <laughs> okay. So it's organic bamboo scissors, <laughs> and you're super centered. You're like on, you're in the middle of it, right? And then the other thing, okay, so it's still skiing. Like you shouldn't, it should, you know, like, I think that's like important. Like it's like everything you know about skiing applies. Edging, angling, like put like crushing, like it's like crushing a, a, a grape with your big toe, you know, weighting the front of your boots, like all that stuff like applies, right? Like you don't want to, like, I think that like a terrible, like the worst thing that happens when people learn to telemark ski is that it's like, oh no, it's telemark skiing. Uh-huh. So it's like, it's like you are really upright and you just drag you up. You're basically skiing on one <laughs> foot where you have this like dead leg that gangles behind you and doesn't do anything. Like that's the worst. That's what you don't want. You want this like active, like the goal is to be carving using, using both edges. So that's like an overview of what you want. So you so step one is just feeling that that motion, what it's what it's like. And then step two is you're gonna go, you're gonna go across the fall line and you're gonna do that same thing you were doing on the flat, but now you're moving. So you're gonna go drop knee, drop knee, drop knee, drop knee across the fall line. Do you see what I mean? So you're going across and you're doing that motion. So you feel like, oh, what it's like to be, so because you're across the final, you're gonna have to find that inside edge on both skis and you're gonna do, and you're gonna do sort of like backwards telemark in some ways because you're gonna drop both knees as you go across. And you're going across, dropping both, and you see what that feels like and then turn and then do it again going the other way. And so you're just going up and down and you're going up and down as you go across the fall line. The whole going across the fall line thing, I'm going to confess, I mean, because I've been doing it a long time, but like it is so intuitive and um, easy in terms of like the kind of hard art turn, right? Like a lot of pressure on the downhill edge, you know, you know, getting that inside that uphill knee like pushed out so you're not A-framing. I can't, I can't even... My head is not, I'm, I'd, I'd lack the imagination to think about like high angle telemark carving. Oh yeah. Like what, how it works. I think don't think about it. Yeah. Don't think about it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I right. do think that's true though. I think that part of telemark is that it doesn't really make sense. Huh. You know, like it's I like definitely magic. go by, yeah. And that's sort of also like, I just go by feel like everything I've learned is just by feel. But that's the way I'm sort of terrible because I'm like, like, that's how I learned trick skateboarding or like, I would like see someone do it and then just like try to like, you know, some people are like really technique, like put your foot here, put your heel here. And then it's like, you know, like really technique oriented. Um, I think Telmark is a sort of definitely like a feel thing. Well, it is for me, but um, yeah. So I'm like a terrible person to ask tips for so wait you're saying so you're saying that that it, that doesn't make sense to cross the falling and do like a little that little up and down exercise no i think i understand what you're saying i still am trying to imagine oh like a big arced gs carved turn that is that is like 
kind of what I do on alpine skis on a groomer, that I'm like, maybe I don't do that. Because I feel like I'm probably just going to run bases flat the whole time. And I don't know if you're supposed to do that. No, you're, still... you're, not, you're definitely not supposed to. I mean, what okay, doesn't make... I mean, I think in a... I think, I think it makes sense. You basically have this like just really long edge. And then, you know, I, I definitely noticed that I... I tend to be sort of like if we're now we're talking about carving and I would say that I'm not great at it, but that's also partially by the way, like my skis are set up, the type of skis I ski and stuff like that. But I also find that I, it's important to have a wide stance that you, um, and so I, and so when I'm carving, I'm also sort of like bowing my legs. So like, I often find myself like fully, like my knee, will be dragging on the snow, you know, on the inside edge. Like I'll be, and that's not just because I'm so angulated. It's also like you have like, you are moving your feet around. It's sort of like softer boots snowboarding or something. Like you are, you have this ability to like make all these adjustments. So that's why it's hard to think like, it doesn't really compare to Alpine of like a race turn or something. Because I feel like those turns, and I've never learned to do those properly. Like, it's like, that would be a great thing for me to do. Like, I've always said, oh, I'm going to get some, like, some, like, slalom skis and, like, take a lesson in in real, you know, race turns. That would be a great thing for me to do. But, um, so I can't really compare, I can't compare the two, but I can say that um, you can, you can do the, I think you can make, you could, like, you learning to telemark would be like, oh, you could sort of apply, you could get you could apply some of that stuff to Telmark, but you can just make these sort of different adjustments um, that aren't just about being unstable. It's like, you can sort of like, yeah, you, it's like, I know I definitely like Alpine skiing. Like I do a lot with my hips and you do less with your hips. I feel like Telmark skiing because you're able to angulate so much with your like boot ski interface and how you're like moving your, your sort of like, the amount of English you have in, in your like heels lifting and your, um, being less like just you're less locked in, you know, even with like, even with like stiff boots and, and like, like, uh, like powerful bindings. Okay. Do you have like one or two more tips before I let you go here? Okay. And then, and then you were going to, then from that, once you get comfortable with that, then you're just going to do you're going to do a telemark turn. You're going to like go and you're going to, you're going to, as you get that, you're going to cross the, you're going to ski across the fall line. And then when you get to your turn, you're going to, you're going to do like the falling leaf, but you're going to drop your knee and you're going to, so you're going to push that. You're going to pull. So that pulling back that uphill ski and dropping that knee and staying super centered. And you're going to do that turn. That's like the Uh, next step is like just doing a telemark turn. So you do a telemark turn and then you're going to be like, oh, this isn't even that hard. And then you're going to turn the other way. And then you're going to turn the other way. You'd be like, oh, that's not that hard, but it's a little harder. Like one of the ways you're going to turn is going to be harder (laughs) than the other one. You're going to be like, oh, that's a little harder than that way, whichever way, like skateboarding style. And then, um, then the next step is linking your turns. Then you're going to do a turn and then do another turn do a turn and then do another turn. But to start, you're just going to do a turn, cross the fall line, do a turn, cross the fall line, 
you know, like Zing across, like a reverse like skin track. Um, and, uh, and then, yeah, then you're going to link your turns and then you're telemark skiing and then, but then you're going to, and then it's like, you realize everything you're doing is wrong. Like over ten, 10 years it's like year oh, one no. like i was yeah, all excited and optimistic and <laughs> i was like i'm telemark skiing and then you're like oh and then everything will be wrong forever yes forever oh, yes oh. forever and you'll just be like oh my god man you had me all fired up you were like the coach at <laughs> halftime i was ready to like i was ready to go back out on the field um this did bring up for me another question though that i now find quite important how many proper telemark turns do i have to make before i can tell people like yeah you know i tell you sometimes (laughs) (laughs) or or like you know like do you have that like some like like terrible telemark bumper sticker on your on your truck yeah like at what point are do you get are, are you do you get to you know if you're at a bar and someone's like do you only alpine? Do you alpine sometimes telly? Like at what point do you get to say yes? Yeah, I think what you do, this is how you do it. You you only telemark in the resort and you just make one big telemark turn into the lift line and then all day <laughs> you just ski them alpine. But you just make one big old like super low like into the lift line and that's it. You're a telemarker. Wow. And then anytime you go ski touring, you're... You, even though they're like, oh yeah, I'm inviting my friend John. He's a telemarker, and you show up with uh, touring gear, like Alpine touring gear. Yeah, and and you're like, yeah, well, and you, and that's just the way it'll be. That's very common, actually. So this is actually a really, <laughs> this is a really high bar to telemark skier initiation. You have to injure people. It's like joining a gang. Like you just. Have oh to no, go no, beat I'm not up. saying turn into the line. I'm saying you just like you just show up at, into oh. the lift line and make a telemark turn. Okay, I thought but you the meant, rest had of the to, like, day. Oh, no. take no, people no, no. out in the lift <laughs> no, line. No, no. Oh, no, okay. you might do that, but yeah. don't do that. Don't do that, okay. No, I'm joking. I think, I mean, I, um, like, you will watch uh, Telemark series and they'll turn a lot alpine, you know? And that's fine, you know? But it is sort of, it is, it is strange because the gear is so stiff now. Like, I never learned, like, all the guys that are older than me, the people that are older than me, um, most of them skied on like terrible, like difficult equipment. And then, um, and that shapes their skiing, how they ski as well. And so I learned only on like stiff plastic boots and, and pretty, pretty, um, pretty reactive bindings. So. Okay. Well, we're, we're going to save the gear talk for, a a conversation that's coming up later, but, um, but I'm, but I, I'm going to bring this up when we get into the gear thing because I'm, I'm interested in, in what you've just said. I think you have to link 10. Let's just say that you have to link 10 turns. Reality okay. is you should go top to bottom some run, whether okay. it's a backcountry like, like yeah. pitch, like one okay. backcountry pitch or one run. And it can be whatever. I think, you, that, I think that should be your bar that you're like, okay, I've, I've, I've tell Mark Ski. I'm, 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 I've, I've. I've uh, fulfilled the um, the listenerships, um, their challenge. I think we're going to probably need to get T-shirts made that says, like, I tell you, period, on occasion, period. I want to, how about a, just a blister podcast, t- but blister, it'll just say blister, instead of podcast, it'll be blister that telemark podcast. 
Okay. <laughs> oh, you know that Telemark podcast, Blister? Yeah. Because this is the most Telemark on the internet, I think, your podcast at this point. It's pretty great. It's pretty great. And once I link those 10 turns, I think I'm going to go with, I have to link 10 turns or get down an entire run, whichever comes first. It's like- And you're not allowed to straight line. (laughs) No, no, not allowed to straight line. This is like a car warranty, right? It's like five years or 70,000 miles. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, this is like that for me. Okay. Yes, I think Um, that's right. Any other technique, this is your last shot. Um, anything else I need to know, or have you already told me all I need to know about teleskiing? <laughs> <laughs> I've told you very little, but let's just say, um, I taught some kids to telemark ski once. Hmm. So I'm trying to go back to are that they, and then what happened. They're great. Oh, they're great. Yeah. Are they just... were able to do it. So just so you know, like okay. you 11 or 10, like, you know, like not like inexperienced skiers, young skiers that were, they were like nine to 10, nine into 11, and they could do it. Like what I did that thing that I described to you with them, they could do it. Last question, you know, do you think we're going to find, cause like, you know, Luke Coppa is in on this as well. Sam Shaheen is supposed to be, we'll see like when we actually make this video and what the world looks like and all that stuff. But do you, do you suspect we're going to find this harder then we're imagining or easier? Easier. Way easier. You're all really good skiers. People learn to telemark and they've never skied before. Think about that. Okay, and that matters, huh? So if you have- Oh yeah, because it's just skiing. The thing you're gonna have trouble with is fake a marking. (laughs) Which is also, once you telemark ski, you you will start to divide like, oh, like half the people you see on the slope are actually fake a marking which is basically just alpine skiing with a little bit of a retraction of that, of like, instead, like when your knee dropping that knee, you just drop it a little bit, but you just are basically upright and you're just skiing, you're just skiing, but one of your legs is moving back a little bit and it's not really, so you're going to be able to do that. So you're going to be, you're going to be great at fake a marking between the three of you. I mean, you guys could just be, I mean, I don't know. I'm really curious, actually. But that is, you know, like, that's what I mean about, like, there's this, like, learning curve. Because you, you're going to be able to get to, like, this position, I think, because you're all good skiers. You're going to get to this point of, like, telemarking, I think, kind of quick. And then you're going to be, like, the challenge is, like, okay, well, then what actually is a telemark turn, that, like, a dynamic turn that feels different where it's, like, really, like, powerful and that you can, or doing it on, on this, on steeps, on steeps and stuff. Like what is like a more committed turn? Mm -hmm. Honestly, my biggest motivation here now is I got to figure this out because if I don't, I'm not going to be able to make a t-shirt and wear a t-shirt that says I telly on occasion. It's going to have to say (laughs) I fake a mark on occasion. And that is humiliating. (laughs) That is true. And so I'll be the judge. Okay. All right. We're going to have to put... No, but fake marking is, is, is fine for starting. I think it's great. But that's... <laughs> but it's... It's like you won't even... They're like... No, like a, it's a... It's a nominal difference. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
but it, it only matters if you care about telemarketing, right? Which we do now. Then it gets sort of weird. Yeah, it's sort of weird. I've gone through many years of my life not caring, <laughs> and suddenly I care a ton. See, I'm sort of I can I see I am assuming I'm like teaching, te- giving telemark tips to someone who doesn't care about telemarketing, which is <gasps> totally. Um, How dare you? Yeah. <laughs> we care, Jeff. I just okay. So, all right. Hey, um, this is, I hope, helpful. I mean, I don't know, but I'm going to go find (laughs) out. And then I will let you know. uh, We're going to have video evidence of how good your advice was. Um, Oh, boy. So um, thank you this weekend for making time for uh, us and the New York Times. (laughs) Absolutely. Thanks for calling. Thanks for asking. I'll talk to you real soon. Okay, great. Well, Dan Abrams, thanks for making time for this conversation because we really need you to teach us how to telly. Excellent. <laughs> I'm here. I'm here to help. Okay. Um, you and I actually sort of had this conversation when we were together in Denver. Um, it just kind of came up, and it was kind of magical and masterful. Uh, I remember. You know, as always, you were dropping some Zen Cohens in this conversation. So uh, it's, it's just kind of how you roll. Um, but anyway, maybe let's just get started. I'd like to hear you kind of make your best case for, you know, why Telemark? Or another way to put it, you know, in, in what ways do you think that Telemark skiing is superior to Alpine skiing? Okay. So first, this is my time after 15 years of owning Flylo that I get to come clean on the record. I am not actually a telemark skier. However, I do know how to tell you. <laughs> I have gotten sixth place in, a, in the Scufanera free ride competition that my now wife won. And then she went on and, you know, like, and won all these telecomps. And my business partner, Greg Steen, has been telemarking since he was 18. And my whole group of friends in college teleskied. And I actually in college wouldn't do it as my alternative sport um, because I was just like, everybody's doing it, my group of friends. So I bought a snowboard. and But eventually, senior year of college, I gave in and I was like, all right, you know, like, let me borrow the tele rig. I mean, and actually, I the first time I tellied, was in Vail growing up. I think I was 15. It was the first day I smoked pot, coincidentally. <laughs> and uh, and so I have a long, intimate relationship with the sport. I do love it. I do own a telly rig, and I did telemark with this year, which is more than I can say about the <laughs> ch- championa de dona is what they called her after she won the scufanera, my wife. Um, she did not telemark this year. I have I have two telly setups. I have two sets of telly boots and I understand it a lot. But in all honesty, my rant will end by me saying I am a spy of the Alpine world <laughs> of the telemarker. And I used to own the URL flylotelemark.com. However, I gave that up after 12 <laughs> months. So to answer your first question, mm-hmm. which or or probably like the most important question is, why telemark you know like is it superior 
you know, and and the answer to that in my mind is that is it is different. It's still skiing, and the the je ne sais quoi and aura around telemark skiing got so dis- disgusting to people that there was a whole community revolt, and that's when you started seeing those stickers that no one cares that you telemark. And the only thing I can equate that to is the most is the most recent turn of fortune for CrossFit gyms where CrossFit went from being popular to people just hating CrossFit. And so that's what happened with Telly. But so Telemark, there is a movement in the turn. There's a lot more movement in the turn. And so when you when you think about this beauty of skiing, Alpine or Telemark skiing, and this weightlessness when you go from an edge change um, when you hit that, that little tuft of snow and that causes you to be weightless. And now you can make that edge change Alpine or Telly. There's a lot more going on as your downhill ski starts to move back and you're now going straight down the fall line and your, what was uphill ski now accelerates forward and you now absorb everything, not with your legs, you know, like next to each other. And some people are in the back seat on their Alpine gear. They get bucked forward. Some people just don't make it look good. Some people are smooth like Jedis. And we seem to feel like that's smoother. However, a telemark turn, there's so much motion going on that it's an accentuated form of an edge change is how I would say. Um, So there are going to be times that I would say a Telemark rig is superior and those times are few and far between in my mind. However, if you are at a ski hill like Alta or Alpine Meadows and you are sidestepping a lot, it is pretty darn nice to have a Tele rig on. Um, and when we first started Flylo all those years ago, 15 years ago, or and, and before that, Telemark skiing was, and the Telemark rig was a better way to get into the backcountry. It toured better. Eventually, AT bindings got better and better. The rigid setup was superior. The releasability of the bindings, sorry if that's not a word, but you know what I'm saying, (laughs) is safer in the backcountry. And and eventually, all the Telemarkers, for the most part, switched to Alpine and my friends that do still telemark actually use it as an inbounds thing um, because that's where you can really appreciate it. You don't feel the negatives of it. Um, So people that are good telemark skiers are still ripping inbounds. The other negative bit about telemark skiing was that initially there, when it became cool, people that were mediocre skiers started telemark skiing and because they were a big fish in a small pond they were still kind of mediocre skiers but they loved that they were telemark skiers and so they just were so proud of it and i think that's what gave it kind of this this you know like air of arrogance that like no one cares that you telemark you were a bad skier to begin <laughs> with and you're and now you're a bad telemarker and you know those people because they have too wide of a stance. Um, they will parallel ski in the middle. Hell, hell, half the time they're paramarking 
you know, which is when you're making parallel turns on Telemark gear. But I have to tell you that a good Telemark skier can actually paramark in a different way than a shitty Telemark skier that's paramarking. If you are a good Telemark skier or a good skier, period, and you are making Alpine turns on an on a telly rig, the tension in your uphill ski makes it so that the back of your heel is not even resting on the heel piece. It's just because, you know, obviously you're 60-40 if you're doing your job right, making alpine turns, something like that. There's there's a he- more weight distri- distribution on your lower ski. Your uphill ski is going to be a little less weighted, and there's so much tension in that telly binding that your heel's just going to float. So there's so much going on there. Um, another another great telemark tip, and I I used to buy sponsored content or I used to buy ads on teletips.com, and Mitch and the boys did a great job back in the day. Um, but I, eventually I got in with a guy named Dylan Crossman, who's one of the best skiers that I've yeah. ever met. I know. Yes. Yeah. He's, he was one of the best telemark skiers probably to ever grace the planet, but that's not the point. The point is that he's a great skier. <laughs> yeah. And I remember reading an article from him about how to telemark in powder. And he described his stance and his weight position when when powder skiing on telegear as if you were walking down a step or, or a set of set of steps and right before your front foot hit that next step that's where you want to be and if you look at videos of dylan he did not have a wide stance he could be sometimes very low and compact which greg steen you know business partner college buddy more importantly just a beautiful telemark skier that always was like he could stand tall he could be low but his stance was always tight his feet were not spread apart and i swear greg although this year he switched to alpine skiing is the (laughs) irony of it all but i mean it's been a long run um he you know like when he was the first person that i saw go down moguls and his shoulders never came up Everything was moving beneath him. And I think that's kind of what it comes back to is like, there's a lot more going on underneath your shoulders, underneath your upper body. You still need to have a quiet upper body and you can do it and you can do it well. Okay. I love that my question to you was in what ways is Telemark superior to alpine skiing? And I'm not exactly sure that... That's the question you answered. <laughs> it's not because I could because the because I would as an alpine skier and well no primarily <laughs> as an alpine skier as a skier yeah. I cannot say that telemark skiing oh, and man. the telemark turn is superior. I I I'm just I'm just imagining the angry the angry emails that are going to be pounded out and directed either to me or you. Um, but I will happily forward them to you. I, I'm just a, you know, I'm just a guy trying to gather information, just asking questions. So keep that in mind, people. Yes, and and I am coming clean. I've been <laughs> concealing this, and my wife has been wanting to write an expose about it. I didn't think it was very interesting. Um, but you know, even at my at my peak, I was like probably tellying forty percent of the time, um, mostly at demos. I mean, the booth said fly low telemark. 
Nice. I definitely think Megan should still write the expose, and I would like to help. I would like to help her write it. I'm thinking right now, working title is uh, "My Husband the Telly Fraud." <laughs> Maybe we start there. We'll see. <laughs> okay, so let's just recap for a second. I'm not allowed to do my low rider wide stance, which I was like. It's like, man, if I'm going to tell you, I want to rock that low rider wide stance. And it's like, you okay, let me hijack this before you even get to ask a question. The, <laughs> a, a sport, I mean, show me a sport where you're in a defensive stance in a lunge. Lunging is an, is like an exercise you do to build <laughs> muscle. But if you're playing soccer, you're centered, you're balanced. Yeah. And so if you are too spread out, Chances are you're putting all your weight on your downhill ski. You're 90-10. And that is not how you ski. And that's the point is that when you're a good telly stance is, is a way to be efficient using your skis. Yes, the bindings have a free heel. And so you now have to modify how, you, how your stance is. But I'm telling you, you can get low. Don't drop your your back leg all the way back. It's not the way. All right. All right. (laughs) Shattering, shattering dreams of mine. But uh, I'm going to do my best to, you know, take, we're crowdsourcing this, like how to telemark. So I'm I'm, I'm listening. Um, All right. So no low rider, super wide stance, uh, quiet upper body. That should be, you know, we should be pretty familiar with that just from skiing in general any kind of third tip like the most important i need this is we're covering the basics right so like i need the big the the big bang for your buck uh telly advice here okay a couple more things don't hunch over with your upper body because then you're gonna stick your butt back so similar to alpine skiing you need to have a good stance up top you need your you know like your chest up so that you can be balanced. Um, other important things, and, and maybe, you know, like the the interesting way to think about it is that when you're going into the transition of your turn, so you finished one turn and you're about to make a transition, don't think about it like you're jamming your uphill foot forward. You're actually pulling your, your downhill foot back. Okay. Okay. And I think that's one of those counterintuitive things. Um, also, if you're going to make a telly turn, there is no point in the turn where you're where you're making a parallel part of the turn. So you see those people that, you know, they look like baby giraffes and they're on their tellies <laughs> and they have the wide stance, you know, and then they like stand up, they're parallel and then they drop down their telly. No, 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 no. You go, you, when you make that transition, you commit to the turn and it is a smooth, fluid thing. If, if you're in a scenario, which, you know, what I find with telemarking is that it really is more fun when it's steep. And that's something that actually Greg has been laughing about as we're like skiing low angle pow, um, at the bottom of a run, you know, like whenever, you know, and I use they, my college friends call me the milkman because they're all doing, you know, like powder 11s going down to the bottom of the run, wasting, you know, a 10 degree pitch that I'm an old ski racer. I can pump slalom turns in that stuff. And in my mind, the person that makes the most powder turns wins and I'm winning. 
because <gasps> I can pump those turns. Well, now Greg is, you can't do that on a telly, on a telly rig. It's just, there's not, the physics of it are so hard that it doesn't work. So I get it. You'd ha either have to paramark to do it, you know, or, you know, Alpine turn, or you just need to have those steeps when you're telemarking. It makes such a difference for making that smooth edge transition. So if it's flat, people, just Alpine. <laughs> well, this has been, you know, very illuminating. And uh, I really appreciate the fact that you also came out with a confession. I was not expecting that today. So, uh, you know, appreciate the candor. You know, but before we wrap this, when we were having this conversation in Denver, the, the Zen Cohen part that you actually said to me, which you have not yet said this evening, you said, you know, when you are tele skiing, the thing about tele that it has over alpine skiing is there's more motion. And when there's more motion, there's more emotion. <laughs> Man, I am a... I am a cunning linguist. <laughs> I mean, I think that I've alluded to that. And you, you did. I think that it depends on, you know, like maybe in the moment I was defending my telly brethren. Um, <laughs> and, you know, like whereas tonight it was kind of approaching it from a more scientific approach or, you know, trying to break it down. And this was a platform for a confession. It was. Um, but... <laughs> It's absolutely the truth that, you know, like that there are things that if you were to make the argument of the, the aspects of telemark skiing that are superior, I mean, number one, six inches is waist deep, you know, like because you're you're getting so much lower. So you're going to get more face shots. You get a better workout because you definitely do sweat and generate, you know, like more body temperature. That's why it was always good to design gear with telemarkers in, you know, like in mind back in the day, because there's so much more motion involved. If you can make something that's good enough and burly enough for a tele skier, it's going to be the best, it's going to be the best thing for everybody. And, and I alluded to this before the amount of motion that goes on and the feeling that you get when a telemark turn is really smooth and you're on a good pitch and you're going to make that edge change. There is an immense satisfaction that I understand when it all, when it all rolls really perfect and smooth that tele skiers will always have that pure Alpine skiers, people that have never experienced a tele ski or the, the tele turn won't understand um, and you know, it takes time and it takes skill to be able to appreciate that. Last question. Uh, do you think that we're going to find teleskiing to be easier or harder than we imagine? I think that you'll find it to be easier initially and harder to be good. But if you, it's all in your head. If you just look ahead and you ski and don't think about it as like tele ski, I gotta get low. Just ski and be balanced and figure out how to make those skis get on edge and stay balanced. You could find that, you know, like you could get that tele pleasure that we're talking about. <laughs> 
Toby, pleasure. All right, man. Um, well, thank you. And um, uh, yeah, we're going to keep on with our with our crowdsourcing. So uh, I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you soon. Perfect. Take it easy. Well, here we are with Paul Forward in Girdwood, Alaska, and Luke Kappa. All right, Paul Forward. We have to go telemark ski. Have to? Yeah. Get to? Okay, get to. We get to go telemark ski. So <laughs> if you had to offer like your best tip, your best piece of advice for somebody who's got to go telemark for the, I mean, gets to go telemark for the first time, what's the best tip you've got? Can it be two things? Okay, two things. Uh, hands up and forward, like I think are even more important teleskiing, like really driving the, the, um, the kind of the uphill, what would be the uphill hand, like driving it forward to bring your torso around. Hmm. And, um, I would say, uh, the hardest thing for good Alpine skiers to do well teleskiing is to wait the uphill inside edge. The uphill ski. Uphill inside edge. Okay. The bent, the ski that the, that your heel is lifted, the inside ski, you should be able to put like at least half your body weight on that in like a carved turn. You should be like, I wouldn't say you're putting the majority of, but it, but you're 50%, maybe plus a little bit, depending on the turn. And the most alpine skiers are used to putting, used to like emphasizing the downhill ski, right? You know, on your to finish your turn. And uh, you still will, but uh, depending on, you know, the, what the snow's doing. But you can, there's a lot of stability in a telemark turn in that, uh, in that. And then the other thing, here's the be- uh, third tip. This is actually the best tip, though, okay. now that I think about it. <laughs> so a lot of people feel like they either have to, like, push one foot forward or push one foot back. Yeah. And they end up, like, with their feet all spread apart and looking weird. Um, stay pretty tall. And think more of like keeping both feet right underneath you. So you don't want your feet to be like, I feel like good tele skiing is like, it's a style thing, right? Everybody's got their own style. So no offense to any of the super low riders or spread out tele skiers out there. But I think the most efficient and powerful turn is when you're, there's a pretty minimal distance between the heel of your front boot and the toe of your back boot. So I'm talking like, six inches tops what like they're tight your feet are close together like like you're not you're not far apart like yeah six six eight inches at most you're basically just like sinking straight in just like you would like you know do a good ankle flex on an alpine turn Hmm. both both boots are under you you should that heel shouldn't be like way back behind your butt okay I think I was kind of you know fantasizing about me having like a low rider style so you're telling me to maybe oh, get rid well, of that, get rid of that dream. It's a lot of work. Okay. And it, I think it looks funny, but that's personal. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, this is all about like not looking funny for me. Well, that and not dying. Well, so, and think about it like this. Like when you're skiing, like your body is like the equivalent of like, the, that's your suspension, right? You know, you're, and so what, if you're, if your knee is already like two inches from your ski, there's not a lot of place to go when you hit a bump. <laughs> Good point. Right. Oh I, yeah. And wear knee pads. Definitely wear knee pads. <laughs> okay. I'm just going to duct tape pillows to my knees if that's cool. 
yeah, I mean, you should j- wear knee pads. That's an, actually that's a heli ski tip too. Always wear knee pads when you're heli skiing. Why do you but, like it for um, heli skiing? Because you spend so much time kneeling down, like bundling your skis and waiting for the heli, uh, and like you're okay. always you're always kneeling around the helicopter. Anyway, too many tips. I'm gonna you know full disclosure here. I thought the uphill ski was the forward ski. So if I'm making a left hand turn. I thought I'd have my left leg forward, right leg back. Le- wait, left leg, left. When you say left hand turn, are you talking about like you're turning to the left? Yes. Like normally you'd be, normally you'd be like, okay, you're turning to the left. No, if you're turning to the left, you've tucked your left uphill, your left leg, you've tucked your, <laughs> your, um, your, the uphill ski. You've tucked it, the boot back behind the, the downhill boot. That's crazy. That's, ba- that's backward. Everyone who's ever telemarked has been doing it, I think, the wrong way. Now, when you, if you telemark switch or backwards, nope. as I like to call it, yep. <laughs> um, uh, then, you, then for whatever reason, you do it. it. It just feels more natural to do it the way you're talking about, where you lead with the, the other one, where, you, where oh. the uphill ski is the one that's out in front. Okay, Paul, I'm not trying to ski telly switch right now. I just thought the uphill ski would be forward. No? I sent you I sent you a link to a picture of me telemarking that Charlie took that's on his website. And you will see that the downhill ski. I feel is like you're just messing with me right now. I'm gonna have no, I'm literally I'm gonna oh. confirm not, this. I, with, I think Luke, Luke 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 gets it. Luke gets it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I've seen people telly ski before. <laughs> <laughs> I you guys have aren't you ever actually observe somebody or did you just turn your head away? <laughs> <laughs> no, my one of my good friends is a phenomenal telly skier. And he there does he's a really good switch telly skier too. Well, I'm asking Jonathan if he has actually ever watched somebody or if he just looks away in disgust whenever he sees one. It's a great point. It's a great point. It honestly, it looks like in that picture you sent, Paul, it looks like you're on a slalom water ski. <laughs> oh, yeah, it does kind of. Stance is kind of the same. <laughs> well, that's, that's actually not a bad way to think about it, honestly. <laughs> All right. I got yeah, a lot no, to learn cute. about Telemark because I was definitely thinking I'd be pushing that uphill leg forward and turns out it's the other way around. Here, here's one more tip for you. One more tip. It's all about that. It's all about like keeping that, that uphill ski, the one with your knees bent, the one with your heels lifted, keeping it close to your downhill ski. And one of the ways you can add pressure is think about your pinky toe. And think about like your pinky toe is what you're, what you're trying to carve with on the uphill ski. Use that pinky toe. On the uphill ski that's behind me. The but only... With your, with it, your heels lifted... The one yep. it's, it's like right under your butt. It's only behind your boot, you know, a few inches behind your front boot. And, uh, and that, think about driving the ski. You're kind of carving it with your pinky toe. Okay. I love the idea that I'm maybe, there's like a, there's like a 0.002% chance that I'm about to revolutionize tele-skiing by like... <laughs> By informing you guys that literally everyone who's ever tellied has done it the wrong way. Oh, this, man. This Tell you is... what. If, if you want to blow your mind, and this will work kind of with what you're talking about, Google teleboarding. Oh, man. You already blew my mind. I didn't even have to Google it. 
There was a guy at CB who had one of those last year. I, just, I think I only saw him once. I would imagine that would be one of the few places in the world. I think CB was like kind of a telemark, like ground zero for a while. Yeah, normally they have a big telemark comp and race every year, but it normally happens in March. Hey, whatever happened to Jake Saxon? He was down there, right? Wasn't he a Colorado kid? He was ridiculously good at telemarks. Oh, yeah, I don't remember. All all those guys that were like that actually were like doing crazy stuff were all Colorado kids. Hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, last question, Paul. Do you think that we're that Luke and I are going to find telemark skiing easier? than we imagined or harder than we imagined easier all right you're overthinking it yeah you can you can cheat you can all you have to do like most good alpine skiers all they do is they just ski on their downhill ski like they normally would and then they just kind of dangle the uphill leg around behind Behind them somewhere got it that's perfect that's that's fantastic (laughs) intel that's probably exactly what i'm going to do then and that, that's not really what you're supposed to be doing for, to nope, make a good I've, telemark I heard turn, what I heard. any good alpine skier can do that, and you will do just fine. Okay, wait, so but I'm not supposed to do that. I'm supposed to keep these boots six to eight inches apart from each yeah, other. At, mo- at most, even closer. Like you, that you could even have like the toe of the back heel boot in line with the heel of the front, heel boot, the front, the front boot. And this isn't going to cramp my lowrider wannabe style that I'm envisioning, though I've never performed. If you want to do the need of the ski thing, you can, but um, that's, that's, it's all about your style. You can do whatever you want. Okay. Luke, do you have any questions before we um, know everything we need to know about telemarking? No, I'm just going to ski backwards the whole time. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Have fun. All right, dude. I'll talk to you later. Kristen Sinat, you are next up. Thank you for helping me out here. Oh, no problem. Wish I was going to be with you for this experience. (laughs) Well, we're still a bit unsure when this video is actually going to happen. So right now, I think we're all, you know, probably uh, it's probably not too smart to make strong predictions on like timing of things. So who knows? You know, maybe maybe you will be there, in which case you'll be like, the person in the video who actually knows how to tele ski, and then you'll just make us all look even worse than we're gonna look. Um, that I, I would I would like that to happen, <laughs> just because the last time I skied with you, I had like bruised my tailbone and I couldn't <laughs> ski, so oh, I yeah. felt like I was a ninety year old coming down the mountain. So to actually feel good on skis around you guys, I'd be pretty psyched. Okay, but but with that, I don't I don't want to have any false expectations that I'm really good at this whole tele skiing thing. I just have an idea of what I'm supposed to do when I try to do it. Okay, but this is useful for me because, you know, yes, these days you primarily alpine ski, um, but you do have a bit of a telemark background, and so I feel like I feel like what you have to tell me here is going to probably be really valuable in terms of like, I'm hoping you translate this experience of, look, these are some of the most important things you want to do for telemark. And I, you know, when you transition over from Alpine skiing. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your relationship with telemark? So it started quite a while ago in I think Oh two when we lived in Taos for winter, uh, which was big tele skiers back then still are some great tele skiers, but not the same numbers. And then we moved back East to upstate New York to Lake Placid. 
and just wanted something different. Uh, Mountain's still great there, but just wanted something different to play on. So we got some equipment and then just have had that equipment, a little bit of upgrades over the years. But uh, it was also what we first backcountry skied on um, before AT kind of took off or had lighter equipment. So um, and I, I was not good at all for quite a long time. Uh, my husband, Patrick, is really good at it. And I took a locals clinic at Taos one year. So we for a number of years, we would telly Sunday at Taos, um, which was super fun. Just changes up the mountain uh, and then made more friends and they didn't want to wait for me anymore. So or I didn't want them to wait. So now I don't do as much telly skiing, but. And I would tour up the mountain quite a bit in Santa Fe with it. But now that I'm taking Linden on my back, I don't feel as comfortable uh, dropping a knee with a, with a toddler. So I want you now to kind of make your best case for why teleskiing is superior to alpine skiing. You, I mean, I'm not necessarily agreeing with that statement, but... It's a really good workout. If you if you have an hour to ski and you want big, huge quads, then go teleskiing. This is the best case that that did not seem very inspired. <laughs> no, okay, not bad. It's it's really fun, and it's like I don't know. I think of it when I was trail running, and then I started getting into mountain biking. It just takes the trails and makes them totally different. Like you'll mm. be going down your same run at Taos or Crested Butte like all the time. And all of a sudden you switch up the gear and you have so many different things to think about and you're looking at different lines and how to ski it. And it's just a whole different way to learn terrain. And, and I think it helped my Alpine skiing doing teleskiing, but it it is, it is super fun and yeah, it it is exhausting though. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Your first bit of advice or first tip, biggest bang for the buck I've never been on any of this stuff. So if I only, if you had only one thing to tell me, what do you got? Don't go for huge lunges. Like you're, you are a personal trainer. So you understand like what a good lunge looks like. Don't do that on teleskis. You want to keep, you want to keep it tight, right? You don't want to have this gig. Cause like when you're skiing tele, my understanding of it is you have one long ski, right? Because when you're going down, you're bending your knee and one skis forward, one skis back. So you treat it like one big ski. So just don't make it one giant, giant long ski. Does that make sense? Yes. And this is this is consistent with m- most of the advice I've gotten so far. And I keep telling everybody this is bumming me out because I, you know, what I've envisioned in my head is this super low rider, super stretched out you know, full lunge ski and everybody, the first thing they're saying is, yeah, don't do that. I mean, you can do it low rider. Just don't make it. So you're like, your back foot is super far back. Do you know what I'm saying? Like you can go low and like really get after it, but you don't need to commit that knee to the top of your ski. Cause I'm a little concerned. What I don't want to do is the whole, to use Dan Abrams phrase, what did he call it? Paramarking? Telpine is what I like to say. <laughs> yeah, like I don't want to do that. I feel like that's the greatest. Like that would wouldn't that be the greatest telemark em- embarrassment? If nope. it's what's the nope. greatest telemark embarrassment? It is the long ass lunge. Oh, like man. long ass lunge, double pole plant. No offense, pe- 
really good skiers do double pole plants. But when you're watching a tele skier and they got this super long ski and you're just like, that looks because you're going to be shaky on it. It's your balance is going to be off. So you can keep it low, but keep it tight. Don't like bow leg. Don't any any like that. Just keep your knees kind of tight. Keep yeah. Keep it low. Keep it tight. I just in my in my head, I'm envisioning in you know for this video we got to make low rider, totally splayed out. You know, long stance, just a sustained, just nuking down the mountain. Then I pull like a can of beer out of my jacket, and then just crack that open, and I'm crushing this beer while I'm just in this sustained long low rider lunge. And I guess I'm not supposed to do that. Well, I mean, you can, again, you can go low and deep. You just can't go long. All right. Okay. I think, I think you'll, yeah, it's hard to, hard to explain. Like if you just kind of Google good teleskier, bad teleskier, <laughs> I think you'd figure it out pretty quick. I, why do I have a feeling that when you Google that in like, I don't know, four months or after whenever we make this video, <laughs> it's going to just be a video of me when you, when you Google. For both of them? No. Well, just the uh, latter. Yeah. Bad teleskier. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Keep it low, tight and low. Yes. Uh, okay. If you could tell me a second thing, what do you got? Make the transitions quick. So uh, when you're switching feet forward, make it a quick transition. Don't prolong it. Just transition quick and into that turn. When exactly in the turn do I make this transition? Is this feeling like really intuitive or is this like not intuitive? Like if you asked me that question about alpine skiing, I'd probably have to hesitate because I'd never even think about that. That's where I'm hesitating too. And it, I haven't skied telling a little bit, but um, like you'll pole plant, Transition, right? Same kind of thing. Like you pull plant, you want to initiate your turn, right? Um, but don't just don't make it a long like super slow slide your foot forward or the other one back and make a long turn. Just make that part quick and get into that. Is this a pretty is this a pretty dynamic transition? Like, am I effectively just hop turning every turn? You don't need to make it a hop turn, but it, you do want it quick like that. It's gonna be a hop like a quick slide. All right. It seems like there's just all kinds of opportunities to just absolutely cross the skis, you know, while I'm trying to transition turns. Like turning on alpine gear seems much more obvious to me, you know, given that I've never been on telemark skis. I think you're going to be fine on tele skis. But if you decide to do the super low stance and then you want your skis super, you know, legs super far apart, then yeah, Which you I could do. cross them. But the thing with telly, again, also when you're tight, um, you'll have better balance. And what I, I, I know you saw me Superman with you when I was in Crested Butte. <laughs> yes. But I haven't done that since I was on telly skis. And I I tend to Superman a bit more than uh, anything else on telly. I don't think I ever crossed my tips, but I, I definitely went over the front of my skis a number of times. Because you just... Okay, so let's say we're making a left, you know, we're making a left turn. So I've got my right foot forward. Paul Forward taught me this in the previous conversation. Uh, downhill ski, right foot is forward. Left hill ski is back. Now, what? Mm -hmm. where is the supermanning happening for you? Is it before the transition, right 
as you're transitioning after the transition and you're just getting your you're getting your front ski your front foot is too much on the ball of your foot what's what's happening to cause the superman i think it's in the transition especially if it's not a quick transition uh-huh. and i'm not weighting it correctly and just yeah i go on the ball of my foot and just like I, if i were you i wouldn't even think about supermaning like don't put that in your head just forget i ever said it and let it happen if it happens well, then you definitely shouldn't have said it, Kristen, because I literally don't know anything about this. So this is entirely your fault if it's in my head at all. So that I'm sure you forget a lot of things I say. So I think you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, but I don't forget the scary things you say. Those I remember. I forget all the other stuff. It's not that scary. It's not like you going off the side of a trail into a scree field on a bike. That's scary. I've been known to do that once or twice on a bike. Um. All right, Kristen, I wanted to make sure we talked at least a little bit about trying to ski moguls on Telemark gear. Because I think this is the thing I'm actually most worried about. Uh, It doesn't really make any sense to me. Like, I'm having trouble imagining how this goes. And turns out, you know, we got a lot of moguls in CB. And so, what should I know? It's not too different than alpine skiing um from i'm not a great mogul skier on alpine skis but i thought it was actually a little more intuitive on tele skis you kind of just slow it down a little and kind of do more skiing in the upper part of the troughs like at the top of the mogul or the sorry the bottom of the mogul but it yeah and just just slow it down a little but it i thought that was some of my favorite stuff was skiing tellies on bumps compared to alpine really yeah i I thought it was really fun. I'm not fast at it or anything like that. I just thought it had a nice flow to it. And it, yeah, it was somewhat terrifying, but pretty fun once you get used to it a little. Somewhat terrifying, but pretty fun. Well, I mean, if you're skiing steep moguls or ski, steep anything on telly when you're not used to it that much, like it's, it's kind of terrifying in general. Again, because I Superman, did I mention that? I don't want to put that yeah. in your head or anything. But I, I, think that's the highlight of my tele skiing is skiing moguls. I really enjoy that. Wow. Because I honestly think this is where Dan Abrams talked about looking like a baby giraffe. And I think this is probably my highest likelihood of looking like a baby giraffe is me on telegear where this feels very unnatural. So I kind of think I'm going to somehow try to like not make any tele turns in a bunch of moguled up terrain, which is then just not going to work because my heel's not locked down. But I am going to probably, I suspect, default to like alpine technique. It's alpine. Yeah. So this is where I think it's really going to go badly for me. I think you're a good athlete and you just need to stay balanced and keep it tight. Don't do any like A-line or A-framing. Like don't get that one leg out first. Uh, Keep the skis together. Um, and you should be in good balance. Just, I think you'll be fine. But you don't, when you say keep the skis together, I mean, you don't mean keep the skis together in the way that you would if you're zipper lining moguls on Alpine gear. Not, not that tight. And I don't zipper line to begin with, but, um, yeah, I mean, keep your balanced athletic stance, right? So your feet hip width apart or whatnot. Um, 
but yeah, just don't overthink it really. Just don't, what I sometimes <laughs> would do is like creep a foot out first and not, and almost make it look like a wedge, but just don't do that. Don't go bow legged or anything like that is what I'm saying about keep it tight. Keep your knees somewhat tight. Don't do that super long leg or long foot with the, you know, two feet super far apart. Um, just tight, well-balanced. Don't overthink it. It'll be fun. You want to know what I'm not very good at in life, Kristen? Not overthinking things. Yeah, you're really good at overthinking things. <laughs> Maybe put some music on, a little classical or something, and get into the rhythm on the bumps. Yeah. Be good. You can always resort to Telpine. Just maybe don't ski underneath a lift. Great. So basically, the advice, your advice for skiing moguls on Telegear is don't overthink it and listen to classical music. <laughs> no, Perfect. I gave you other ones. Keep it tight. And this is where that quick transition will help too. Like if you're doing a super slow, long transition, you're going to have maybe a little bit more off balance and it's going to feel more awkward. So do a quick transition, nice and snappy, and get into that turn. Okay, I'm going to try. All right, I guess last question on this. Do you think that Luke and I are going to find teleskiing to be harder than we are imagining or easier than we're imagining? Uh, you guys are both athletic and you know comfortable on skis, so I think you'll be fine. I think you'll find it easier than you're imagining. Do you imagine that I am just like, oh my God, I can't believe I've wasted all these years alpine skiing and I just go full telly for the rest of my life? Oh, definitely. Blister is only <laughs> going to do telly reviews from here on out. I, I see it. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Well, listen, thank you for helping in this uh, crowdsourced crash course, teach me how to telly uh, segment. I'm going to take to heart everything you said, and I'm going to do my best to not fixate on the fact that you told me not to Superman. Okay, do, do, do a Superman. It's kind of fun. <laughs> does that help? No, I don't think it does at all. But um, all right, well, hey, this has been good. I'm going to, you know, take all this to heart and talk to you real soon. Sounds great. Well, that's it for this edition of the Blister Podcast. We learned a lot. I still am not totally sure if we learned the right things, but you know, there's gonna be a part two. So hopefully, if we didn't quite learn everything here in part one, when we go round two, it's gonna be, you know, on the people we get on the program for part two to basically take us across the finish line here so that we are effectively tele experts. Before that part two runs though, Remember that this coming Friday on our Gear 30 podcast channel, we're going to be talking again with Jeff and Dan and Paul and Kristen, and we're going to dive into some of the gear advice and recommendations they have as we go become, you know, telly gods, probably. Now, I also want to say thanks to Luke Alley for producing this episode, and I want to say thanks to all of you for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode and you aren't a telemarker who we got super angry in this episode, we would appreciate it if you would leave us a really nice rating and review in iTunes. Tell your friends about the show and let's keep this third wave of telemark, you know, going strong. Thanks, everybody. I hope you are all staying safe out there. Please take good care of yourself and everyone else. 
And if you've got some extra time on your hands, we will be dropping another episode of Off the Couch, our running podcast, tomorrow. And then our Bikes and Big Ideas podcast will go up on Thursday. And then the much-anticipated Gear 30 episode devoted to Telemark gear, that drops this Friday. Okay, thanks everybody. Take good care. Talk to you very soon.